Welcome everybody to your daily dose of video game news at Pixels and Pines for Wednesday, May 24th, 2023. Today we're going to look at the dramatic drop in Embracer Group stock after a major strategic partnership fell through. We're going to delve into the troubled development saga of Ubisoft's Prince of Persia The Sands of Time remake, as well as exploring the surprising success of Sony's PSVR 2 headset in spite of early pessimistic predictions. And lastly, we're going to go over the lineup unveiled at Sony's PlayStation Showcase. So up first, in a surprise turn of events, the stock of Swedish video game company Embracer Group has suffered a sharp decline after a significant strategic partnership fell through. This failed deal has led to a 40% drop in Embracer's shares that left the CEO stunned and bewildered. Embracer had been in negotiations for this partnership for over seven months, which could have led to more than $2 billion in contracted development revenue over a six-year period, according to Reuters. This considerable revenue potential led Embracer to state that the deal would have set a new benchmark for the gaming industry. The partnership would have enabled a catch-up payment at closing for already capitalized costs for a range of big-budget games. While the identity of the proposed partner remains undisclosed, the scale of the potential deal has led to speculation, with some guessing major players like Microsoft or Amazon. This comes at a time when high-profile partnerships and acquisitions are reshaping the landscape of the gaming industry. One intriguing possibility is that this could be tied to the Tomb Raider project by Crystal Dynamics and Amazon. Adding to the financial fallout, Embracer has also delayed several game releases and cut its adjusted profit forecast for the fiscal year to 7 to 9 billion crowns, down from a previously anticipated 10 to 14 billion. Despite the recent turmoil, Embracer has seen success with the release of Dead Island 2, which has sold more than 2 million units worldwide since its launch last month. This achievement marks Dead Island 2 as the largest launch in terms of units and revenue for publishers Deep Silver and PlayOn, both subsidiaries of Embracer Group. This is good news following the poor reception to Saints Row last year. Furthermore, Embracer revealed that Metro Exodus, a game released in 2019, has now sold 8.5 million units and has been played by over 10 million people. Embracer has also confirmed that Payday 3, Remnant 2, and Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine 2 remain on track for release before March 2024. It's worth mentioning that Embracer Group has been known for its extensive acquisitions and partnerships. Last year, it purchased Square Enix's Western Studios, and earlier this year, it signed a major deal related to the Lord of the Rings movie franchise. Next, Ubisoft has shared updates about the much-anticipated remake of Prince of Persia Sands of Time. After its announcement in September 2020, the development of the remake has been an arduous process, involving multiple delays and a negative reception to the initial trailer. Eventually, the original creator of 2003 Sands of Time's game, Ubisoft Montreal, took over the project. In a recent developer Q&A and FAQ, producer Jean-Francois Naud has stated that the game is currently in the conception stage. The team at Ubisoft Montreal is presently building the team, defining priorities, developing prototypes, testing elements, and exploring ways to incorporate community feedback into the development process. He advised that it's still in an early stage and players should not expect more updates about the game this year. Game director Michael McIntyre emphasized the importance of preserving the original game's unique elements in the remake. This includes a balanced mix of acrobatics, combat, puzzles, the original story and setting, and the game's distinctive narration style which offers a story within a story feel. Despite this long-awaited return to the Prince of Persia franchise, Ubisoft confirmed in its FAQ that there is currently no plans to remake any other Prince of Persia titles. 
The original Prince of Persia Sands of Time game is a beloved classic known for its groundbreaking gameplay mechanics and engrossing storytelling. Ubisoft Montreal faces the difficult task of preserving these elements while updating the game for a modern audience. The gaming community will undoubtedly watch the development of this project closely, eager to revisit the iconic adventures of the Prince in a fresh, updated form. And for context, in 2022, the development of Ubisoft's Prince of Persia The Sands of Time remake was embroiled in controversy when anonymous sources from Ubisoft's Pune and Mumbai Studios in India, the initial developers of the remake, alleged that the publisher had grossly mishandled the game's production. As reported by 0451 Games, a Substack newsletter that covers the console and PC gaming market in India, the mismanagement was traced back to the leadership of Jean-Philippe Puchot, the boss of Ubisoft's India Studios at the time. The sources who chose to remain anonymous due to the fear of retribution criticized Puchot's inexperienced and overambitious leadership. They revealed that their teams were provided with a scanty 10-page design document, which effectively forced them to reverse-engineer the original game's levels from scratch. Moreover, they were assigned to utilize Ubisoft's Anvil engine from Assassin's Creed Origins, a challenging task that entailed fitting the original animations of the prince over the stockier, heavyset frame of Bayek, the protagonist from Origins. These sources also claimed that they received no oversight from Ubisoft until the official reveal trailer was released in September 2020, which was met with significant backlash from fans due to its poor graphics. This outcry reportedly led to Puchot being reassigned to Ubisoft Kyiv and Odessa, and both Ubisoft Pune and Mumbai were allegedly relegated back to quality assurance testing, resulting in a departure of much of the senior talent from the studios. The remake's development was outsourced to Electric Square that year before being transferred to Ubisoft Montreal. And that leads us back to where we are today with no known release date, and it seems that Prince of Persia is back in the concept phase. And before we get into the PlayStation Showcase, contrary to circulating rumors of disappointing sales figures, Sony's recently released PSVR 2 virtual reality headset is outselling its predecessor, according to the latest sales reports from the tech giant. Earlier predictions from the research firm IDC, as reported by Bloomberg, had suggested that PSVR 2 was struggling in the market due to the rising costs of living, interest rates, and job layoffs. In March, IDC estimated that the PSVR 2 sold approximately 270,000 units during the first six weeks post-launch. However, Sony's own data paints a different picture. Their report claims that just under 600,000 units of the new VR headset were sold during the same period, indicating a sales figure that's 8% higher than the original PSVR 2's performance during its initial six-week period. Intriguingly, the numbers reported by Sony account only for sales made via their official website. The PSVR 2 became available through other retailers starting in April, so the total sales may be significantly higher. Sony Interactive Entertainment's president and CEO Jim Ryan had previously cautioned against jumping to conclusions about the PSVR 2's market performance. He said PSVR 2 has just been launched, so it may be a little early to judge its popularity, but we are happy to see many positive reactions from users and the media. In light of Sony's latest sales reports, it seems the PSVR 2 is off to a strong start, confounding early predictions and seemingly weathering the broader economic factors that were projected to hamper its sales. I was going to do a separate episode going over only the PlayStation Showcase, but a lot of the stuff that they, sh they showed off was essentially CG trailers, and I didn't find a whole bunch of stuff exciting that really wanted me to dig deeper into some of the things that they sh they've shown off. Now, while that is my opinion, you may have found some other things that are more exciting. 
Um, but I, I didn't think the showcase was all that great, to be honest. Uh, the first game they showed off was from Haven, a game called Fair Game. Uh, maybe Fair Games, the stylized S is a uh, money simple. It's a competitive heist game. Uh, it was a CG trailer. Not much to talk about, unfortunately. It seems like maybe a Payday-esque game where you have multiple teams uh, going after some sort of, you know, uh, you're going after a vault or something like that to get the loot. Uh, the next game after that was from Arrowhead. It is a sequel to Helldivers. This is Helldivers 2 coming for PS5 and PC sometime this year. It it moves away from the top-down experience that the original Helldiver gave you, and this is more of a third-person experience. It does seem heavy on co-op like the first, uh, so the single-player experience will probably be super basic, and unless you're a masochist, getting the most out of this game will probably require a decent squad to complete fully. Although, you know, at least with this release trailer, it had a really great Starship Troopers campy vibe to it. I'm not too sure if that's going to carry over to the full game, but I really enjoyed the trailer otherwise. And next from Ascendant Studios, it's an EA original, Immortals of Avum, that's going to be released on July 20th, 2023. This was essentially just another look at the game itself. And, you know, it does have an intriguing first-person, magic-based combat mechanic, but my issue with it is that it's still hard to tell how interestingly, you know, you can kind of seamlessly weave that magic during combat, because in the trailer, there are so many cuts in the gameplay montage footage that, were, that was shown that it's hard to tell if, you know, they're just trying to do very quick cuts because maybe all of this coming together, just kind of like how it was with uh, some of the earlier Redfall footage where, you know, it, it looks maybe slow and clunky if you try to do just a long uncut sequence. And then after that, 505 Games, uh, one more level, I believe, is the developer Ghost Runner 2, uh, supposed to be releasing uh, 2023. This is a sequel to the action platformer that was mainly focused on melee sword combat. It seems to be more of the same. The trailer was very short, didn't really show off too much. Although the developers, or at least somebody, a representative of the developers, uh, claimed that Ghost Runners 2 will have a more versatile level design with harder bosses. And uh, as you may have or may not have seen in the trailer, there's a motorbike uh, that I guess you'll be utilizing on this new game. After that, there was S-Game, uh, which is, I believe, the name of the developer. Um, they're coming out with a game called Phantom Blade Zero. Uh, really hit you heavy on the head that 66 Days to Live is um, part of the main plot point, I guess. Um, they've described it as a kung fu punk game. You know, I got a lot of Ghost of Tsushima kind of vibe, you know, with the, the aesthetic, you know, the uh, kind of uh, Ronin type of uh, get up. The voice acting itself, I mean, it. I thought it was pretty bad, but it does kind of, and maybe they're not going after this, but it kind of felt kind of like what would sound like in a generic 80s action movie, especially like a generic 80s action movie involving Kung Fu, because that was super popular in the 80s. I should know, I was kind of around during that time, and I love those movies, but, you know, I enjoy them as, like, a, you know, a six-year-old. Uh, the movement in the trailer that they showed was interesting, you know, it seems like you can do a ton of aerobatic moves, you know, using your surroundings, and while it did look cool in the showcase, it also kind of felt fake at the same time. 
It's really hard to describe why I, I felt that this was fake. You'll have to go and watch the trailer to kind of uh, check that out. Now, the game is described as a semi-open world game. The gameplay is supposed to be bleak and punishing. There have They have utilized a director and stunt coordinator by the name of Kenji Tanagaki. Uh, apparently, he's done a number of Hong Kong martial arts films and has provided support for the game as well, so to kind of give it that air of authenticity. And it seems like the developers themselves, as they've been self-described as cutting their teeth on mobile games and talk about having to simplify controls and uh, for the mobile space, and now they've kind of utilized those skills to carry it over to a controller, and maybe that's kind of like why the gameplay feels fake. It Maybe it's more of just like a push button. You know, you have a couple of buttons that kind of automate these kind of moves, and maybe you just have to press the right button at the right time, or maybe you press the right specific button and you get a different move set or something like that. We're going to have to see how the game controls when we get to the final game. Uh, next after that was Giant Squid, uh, who are the developers of Abzu. They have announced a game called Sword of the Sea. Uh, definitely follows very closely with other Giant Squid games. You know, the art aesthetic for sure. You know, your character seems to use this sort of thin surfboard-like item, to, you know, to kind of float across dunes of sand that move and undulate like water. We did see some half-pipe action over there as well. Again, gorgeous art aesthetic from Giant Squid. It looks great. No real release date, though, so we're going to have to see as uh, we get more information about the game later on. Uh, the next game was The Talus Principle 2, uh, coming out sometime this year. Uh, the original Talus Principle was a first-person narrative-based puzzle game, and this looks like it's in the same vein as its predecessor. The world design does seem to have had a massive improvement, though, and the developers have described it as the biggest, strangest, and most beautiful environments they've ever made, and it does appear to be so. We didn't get a lot of gameplay, or actually, I don't think we got any gameplay, but we did get to see a glimpse of these environments, and that was from this large monolithic rock statues that resembled humans that looked like they were just kind of thrust on top of mountains and they're kind of connected to each other um they're either interlocking arms or maybe hands there seems like one of the humans is presenting something and the other human on the other side of the mountain uh is attempting to like maybe grab it from him and it seems like the pathways were kind of carved into like the arms and hands and you had the, the play arena kind of like somewhere in the middle. Uh, in the background, there were a couple of other humans that uh, were kind of in the kneeling position with another human in the center, kind of forming like this tower. And just the aesthetic itself, like it looks really intriguing and really gorgeous. And unfortunately, I'm not the target audience, so I don't think I'll ever see myself playing this. If I'm going to play a game and kind of like a similar narrative-based puzzle game, it's probably going to be something like Firewatch. If I'm being honest, because I've heard very good things about it and never played it, but Talus Principle seems like it's maybe more heavily puzzle-based, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, next was, uh, I do believe the name of the developer is Nomada Studio, uh, the developers of Greece. This is Neva, uh, releasing in 2024. Very gorgeous art style. Um... The publisher Devolver Studios has described it as a moving tale of a young woman and her lifelong bond with a magnificent wolf as they survive a rapidly dying world. 
the trailer was tragic and emotional. This seems like it's something that's going to carry over throughout the full game. You have to see the trailer. Again, the art style is amazing, uh, especially from Greece. I actually bought, I forget which of those like limited run companies, not, I don't think it was limited run themselves. Maybe it was limited run, uh, but they did like this grand Greece blowout where they had this huge art book from the original uh, artist who did the uh, Greece stuff. And it's just an amazing, gorgeous aesthetic. And I'm looking forward to Neva. Uh, next after that was Cat Quest Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, puns. It is part of the Cat Quest series, which is basically uh, 2D RPG games. Uh, as the title implies, there is now a pirate element to this new game. Ship sailing, some evolved combat systems, and a freely explorable world, as it's claimed by Desmond Wong, who is a designer artist at Gentle Bros. So if that's up your alley, you're probably going to be looking forward to this game next year. Uh, next up was Square Enix's Foam Stars. And let's just be honest. It looks like Square Enix is just trying to take on the Splatoon franchise. Now, in the in the trailer, shooting foam covers the ground exactly like pink does in Splatoon. We have these kind of like uh, pastel greens and blues all over the floor. Now, they admitted that the foam is intended to be used as a traversal mechanic as well. You know, kind of like the squids kind of floating through the, the paint. But haven't really made any comments about other significance uh, that this color foam is going to have. Like, you know, is the main purpose of these matches to cover as much of the stuff in your own colored, your team's colored foam as possible? Or are there modes, you know, kind of similar to Splatoon? The only interesting thing that they really kind of showed off is that apparently you can build up the foam to kind of create walls or fortresses is what they're calling them. And that may lead to some more interesting mechanics, but I, I really don't see how this game is essentially just Splatoon. And I don't know if that means it's gonna be dead on arrival or not, but uh, we'll have to see. I don't believe there was a, a, a tentative uh, release date for this though. Uh, next, uh, Devolver. I don't remember who the developer was, but this is from uh, the publisher Devolver. Uh, the Plucky Squire, which is supposed to be releasing this year. Uh, we got another look at the game. Uh, this was the 2D, 3D, kind of like a mix of both uh, where storybook characters discover there's a 3D world outside of their pages. The art aesthetic is so great. The 2D art is amazing. It seems like they also uh, took a lot of inspiration on the 2D sections of the game uh, from NES titles like Punch-Out and Zelda. The 3D sections also look pretty decent. Um, this trailer did seem to involve um, mostly talking about the other cast and enemies that you could probably meet throughout the game. I'm ready for the game to come out. Don't really need to say anything else. Uh, next up was uh, Teardown from the developer Tuxedo Labs coming this year. Uh, is a voxel-based heist game. This is where you can basically, you know, tear down walls and obstacles, you know, like drive trucks and whatnot through it uh, to complete your objectives. They lean very heavily in the voxel aesthetic. It's a really great art style. It looks great. And, I mean, if you want to break it down if you haven't played it it's available on steam right now it's basically a voxel and physics sandbox game where you're kind of transported to uh this kind of locale you know it's single mission and objective base or at least you're thrust into kind of a situation you know like a map and you're given an objective and you basically uh create it in whichever way you see fit you just have to complete the objective overwhelmingly positive on steam 
probably going to be a great PS5 game too. Uh, next, Metal Gear Solid Delta Triangle, whatever people are going to be calling it. They didn't call it three. They called it Metal Gear Solid Triangle or Delta, if you're into the Greek alphabet, Snake Eater. Uh, it was just a CG trailer, you know, just a whole bunch of uh, animals getting eaten by things uh, in the water and then uh, Snake just coming out at the end. Um, they also announced a Metal Gear collection uh, of the first three games uh, coming fall 2023. Well, that was it. It's an entirely CGI trailer just to announce that these games exist. Yay, Konami. Thanks. Uh, Towers of Aghaspa, I think is the other game coming out in 2024. Uh, it's an open world builder. Um, the way that they describe it, that each location has different materials and requirements to rebuild the settlements in the game. Um, the trailer gives a really strong Breath of the Wild vibe because you're kind of running around the open world, jumping off of high mountain ledges, and poof, you open up your, your glider to kind of you know, traverse wherever you need to go. Um, however, the aesthetic is much more realistic and kind of prehistoric. Uh, could be interesting, but I don't know. It's It seems like it's going to be all right. Uh, next, Square Enix showed off the, probably I think was the final trailer for Final Fantasy 16. I mean, you're either sold on the game or you're not by this point. There really wasn't much to show. I think it was just a rehashing of the plot points of the game itself. You, you already know if you're going to buy it or not, like I said. Uh, next up, Remedy uh, showed off Alan Wake 2, which is releasing on October 17th this year. We're going back to Bright Falls. Now, the game still involves Alan Wake, but we do have a secondary protagonist named Saga Anderson, who is investigating some ritualistic murders in Bright Falls. I'm hoping we get some really good Resident Evil, Silent Hill, True Detective vibes in this game. You know, the shadows are back, and I'm sure darkness and light are still going to play a large part of the second game's combat. Gameplay does sound, as they describe it, uh, that's going to be shifting between both this Anderson, uh, new Anderson character, and Alan Wake. Um, it seems like their investigation will lead up to actually finding Wake himself. Now, the final twist in this is that Anderson is accompanied by another detective named Alex Casey. Now, if you've played Control and Alan Wake both, you'll know that in Control, Casey was an FBI agent sent to investigate the altered world event in Bright Falls after the disappearance of Alan Wake. Now, on the Alan Wake side, Alex Casey was the name of the fictional detective of the crime books that Alan Wake wrote. Now, the other part of this is that Alex Casey features the voice actor of the original Max Payne and also bears the resemblance of Remedy Sam Lake, who was also used as Max Payne character model in the original Max Payne game. Now, the character model was changed for Max Payne 2, but, you know, seeing Alex Casey with the same squinty-eyed look like you're about to crap your pants look on his face, it's really hard to separate those two. You know, maybe this will all be part of the convoluted control Alan Wake Max Payne universe, especially because we're supposed to be getting some Max Payne remakes sometime soon. Next, Ubisoft uh, did some gameplay footage for Assassin's Creed Mirage, releasing October 12th. Now, it does look like it's a callback to the origins of the Assassin's Creed game, but it's really hard to know how much they're actually bringing it back to the roots. 
but that's what they've been promising. Now, October 12th is right around the corner, so I'm sure we're gonna get media blitz for this game as we get closer, and we'll find out whether or not Mirage is what old school Creed fans have been hoping for. Next, a game called Revenant Hill from the Glory Society, uh, should be from the same developer as Night in the Woods. It's about a cat trying to be a witch's familiar, lovely art aesthetic, similar to Night in the Woods. Does seem to be focused as a narrative adventure game. Not much has really been shown to figure out if it's going to differ, you know, to the prior Night in the Woods game. It's probably going to be along the same vein. No release date for that, unfortunately. Uh, next, Psy Games uh, showed off some Grand Blue Fantasy Relink gameplay, releasing Winter 2023. It is a co-op action RPG game coming out later this year. It's really not clear if it's going to launch day and date with the Windows version. Um, apparently, though, you can play this in single player with the CPU AI controlling your other three party members. This is very Grand Blue, very anime. You know already if this is for you or not. Uh, next, Capcom uh, showed off, I guess uh, this is another final trailer uh, for Street Fighter VI, which releases on June 2nd. Again, you're either sold on this or you're not. That's uh, just more Street Fighter VI. Um, well, I don't know what else to tell you about that. Uh, the next game was uh, something called Ultros, uh, being released in 2024. Don't have the developer on hand, but this is described as a psychedelic Metroidvania game, and it's very heavy on the psychedelic. Very gorgeous. I love the look of it. It does have a very kind of Dead Cells, Hollow Knight-ish uh, gameplay feel to it. I'll be keeping an eye out on this, though. Uh, next was uh, Tower of Fantasy from Perfect World. This is a free-to-play open-world action RPG. This seems to be basically the announcement of it coming to PlayStation 5. I do believe you can play it uh, on the Windows side already. Then we got another Capcom title. This one is our first look at Dragon's Dogma 2. This is the very first revealed footage. I mean, again, a whole, not a whole bunch to look at, unfortunately, but it does look like uh, definitely more of, of the first game wrapped in a kind of modern next-gen aesthetic. We got a very brief look at the combat, and they had some, you know, large enemies and what looked like some dynamic combat, you know, where one of the large enemies, like, stomped on the one of the posts of a, of a bridge at one end that caused the bridge to, to collapse and you to kind of fall. I, I hope that's not a scripted event. It's just something that happens, but we'll see. Unfortunately, again, not really much to talk about. This was a very brief look at it. I think it was less than a minute and probably even less than that when we count like title cards and whatnot. Uh, then we started the PSVR 2 block. We got Five Nights at Freddy's Help Wanted 2. It's a sequel to the first game, a VR survival horror game sequel. If you're Five Nights at Freddy's fans and love the VR experience, this is probably the game for you. Should be coming out late 2023. Next, Capcom showed off the VR mode of Resident Evil 4. We got a very brief look at it, but what we did see was kind of cool. Dual wielding, you know, a pistol in one hand and a knife in the other. Um, it seemed to be amazing. You know, you could shoot people in the face and then, you know, deflect people with your knife on the other hand. But uh, it was, again, it was very brief. Not really much was shown about how you're actually going to control or play. Um, they do say it's currently in development, but they didn't give a date. So this is probably a ways off still. Next from Vertigo Games was Arizona Sunshine 2, coming out in 2023. Is a sequel to the first game, a, a zombie survival horror shooter. 
they really played up the campy aspect to it, kind of like how Dead Island 2 was. The first game seemed a little bit more on the serious side, at least that's how it's kind of advertised. I'm not too sure if the second game is going to follow kind of like the more campy aesthetic. I really enjoyed it. It seems like you were having a lot of fun and maybe not quite as serious as the first game. The first uh, game did seem like it was a bit uh, on the co-op side, and I don't know if this is the same. Uh, I would probably guess it would be, though. Uh, next from Smilegate, we got Crossfire Sierra Squad. Not much to say about this one. Crossfire is an online tactical first-person shooter series from South Korea, now in VR. I think we had that uh, Crossfire game that was uh, removed on the Xbox side or something like that. So uh, I don't know if uh, Crossfire is exactly a uh, popular Western title when we have all of these other great kind of like military shooters. Uh, from End Dreams, we had Synapse, which is releasing on July 4th. Uh, this was another look at the game uh, in VR. Basically, you have telekinesis on one hand and a gun in the other. Unfortunately, again, there's not really much to look at in this new trailer. The dynamic between both powers kind of looks great, but since the cuts were so quick in the footage, it makes the usage of both of them kind of seem fake. You know, maybe the game is centered around replaying scenarios in order to progress further into the game. You know, kind of almost like you learn a pattern and utilize the correct power at the right time in order to avoid dying, you know, that kind of thing. Probably super hot with extra steps. Uh, and the last PSVR 2 game was Beat Saber alongside the Queen music pack. It's uh, Beat Saber and it's Queen. Enough said. Probably the uh, one game that people love to play and recommend when it comes to any VR headset. It is a rhythm game utilizing two hands where you kind of swipe at the blocks as they come at you. You have to do some dodging and whatnot. Great stuff. It's kind of a stealth drop as well because all of this is available now. So if you have a PSVR 2 headset, highly recommend Beat Saber. And then we moved on from that to Bungie, who did a CG trailer for Marathon, which I was hoping for a remake of the original Bungie Marathon that was released on the Max back in the 90s. It, used, it was an FPS game. This, however, is a PvP extraction shooter, so rather than just a straight first-person shooter game, this is kind of more like Escape from Tarkov, like, and it has a Marathon skin on top of it. I'd, again, I would have preferred a single-player FPS experience, but this is what we get if you're the kind of person who enjoys Escape from Tarkov or games like this. This may be up your alley. After that, we got a look from another Bungie title, Destiny 2, The Final Shape. This is our first look at the Destiny 2 DLC. Nathan Fillion is back voicing Exo Cade, I want to say, 6. Uh, apparently, this character is supposed to be dead. Maybe he still is. It does seem to be in a major plot point for this next DLC. I don't know much about Destiny 2, but for people who are really into the game, this was your first look at it. I'm sure we'll get more as, as we get closer to the release. And then we also got a look at uh, Firewalk, one of the PlayStation Studios that Sony recently acquired not too long ago. This is coming in 2024 for PC and PS5, a game called Concord, which is a PvP multiplayer sci-fi game. This was just a CG announcement trailer, though. That said, the 80s vibe with a crazy vaporwave synths kind of hitting at the end of the trailer, man, got me super excited. I don't know why, but it felt super nostalgic, and that triggered something inside of me that I really want to learn a little bit more about it. 
I don't know if I'm going to be into the whole PvP multiplayer sci-fi part of it. Or actually, just, just the PvP multiplayer. I can definitely do sci-fi. We'll have to see. But again, just that, that ending of that trailer, as quick as it was, really got me hyped. Next, Sony showed off the Gran Turismo trailer. It's a movie trailer. Movie coming soon. And then, before we get to our last game, Sony also announced Project Q, which is, I guess, their streaming hardware? <laughs> it basically looks like two halves of a DualSense controller grafted onto the sides of an 8-inch HD screen, which is supposedly supporting 1080p60. I think it's comical just how much empty space there is as the controller kind of juts out from the top half with, you know, the, the two halves of the controller looking more like arms coming from the screen. Now, I guess this provides a more of a natural controller grip than other handhelds, but it does kind of still look weird. Um, it's supposed to be their streaming hardware. It's not a console like the Switch or Steam Deck. Uh, there is some fine print that says the games that you play must be installed on your PS5. And there's no telling how portable this thing is. They haven't talked about any specifics about it. No price point or anything. But it's supposed to be out this year. So I'm assuming that we're going to get some more information later on. Um, they also showed off some earbuds. They, I'm not really liking the uh, PlayStation 5 just branding and vibe on all of the hardware that comes out. I mean, I get it. You know, the PlayStation camera kind of looks like a mini PS5, you know, tilted on its side. And the the charging dock looks like kind of like a PS5 as well. And it looks like the, the, the case that these buds come in are also kind of PS5-ish. Ah, man. Uh, they really needed to do better with that whole PlayStation 5 aesthetic. I'm not a fan, but they just... They're just throwing it on everything. And then finally, Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 started out with uh, Kraven the Hunter, kind of showing that off. And then from Kraven the Hunter, we kind of moved on. We got a look at Peter Parker as Venom with his symbiote powers, doing his thing. Uh, we got Miles showing up, and I think... Both Miles and Spider-Man have glider suits now, so it's not just enough to kind of web through the city, but you're going to have a glider suit to make kind of like floating around everywhere a much, a much better experience than having to rely on just the, the swinging mechanics. Uh, Miles showed off this kind of like tightrope gadget that you can use, so I guess that gives him a little bit more playroom with some of the situations that he finds himself in, so you can kind of shoot the tightrope across in a very specific way that kind of leads you on top of enemies and so that way you know you can like web them up and hang them from the tightrope or better positioning to attack enemies from above uh, they also showed off this kind of trap uh that kind of pulls enemies into the center where you can then jump down and, and start attacking them and some also some some electricity powers that miles kind of like raiden like and just shoot electricity at people um genki is now a companion through the use of a drone. Um, they did show off a little bit of the lizard, Curtis Connors. Miles apparently does have some invisibility powers or something like that. I don't know. Fall 2003 is when they're saying that the game is going to be revealed. We've heard September, but they're not committing to that. And that wraps up the PlayStation Showcase. If I was going to give it a grade, I'd probably give it a C. If I was going to do it, 
I mean, there wasn't a whole bunch that either I didn't already know about that I that I cared about. I mean, Metal Gear Solid Delta, Snake Eater, like that sounds awesome. The Metal Gear Collection sounds awesome, but we don't know what that is, what it entails, what it looks like. I mean, it was just a an announcement trailer. I didn't care for that. A lot of this stuff was either an announcement or just the same kind of like weird limited gameplay that we've seen in other PlayStation uh, announcements before. I was hoping for a lot more gameplay than what we got here. I, I saw that we had the one hour runtime and I was hoping there was going to be just no fat when it came to the games that were shown and we would get a nice glimpse at it. We would get some gameplay in-game footage, less of the CG kind of introduction to half of the games. So it is what it is. Unfortunately, I think I'm more excited now for the the Xbox Direct that's going to be coming in June. So we'll see. Uh, Summer Summer Games Fest is also coming next month, and we're probably going to get a lot more information there. I was really hoping that Sony was going to come with their A game for this one, but it doesn't look like they did. Uh, Even with the announcement of the Project Q, like uh, I don't. Obviously, they're they're going in a whole bunch of different directions, trying to capture different people into different genres. But they kind of lost me with all of this. There was a plethora of games, and none of them seemed quite aimed at me, which is probably their bread and butter when it comes to game sales. You know, the Horizons, the God of Wars, the Last of Uses, and things like that. None of that seemed to be here. So either this is just a run-up to kind of capture interest from all of these different, especially from the live service genre it seems like there's going to be a whole bunch of those they're trying to like grab that maybe summer's games fest is going to be more for playstation fans like me that remains to be seen but we'll we'll find out next month if anything and that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for today wednesday may 24 2023 don't forget to rate this podcast five stars and leave a review if you're looking for content of the visual variety check out our youtube channel at youtube.com forward slash at pixels and finds we'll be back tomorrow 3 p.m pacific 6 p.m eastern with more video game news